Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 3rd of December, year of our Lord, 2020. We are back to our regular scheduled programming uh, with the Motown Rundown, back on a Thursday uh, morning. Um, thank you very, very much for tuning in. We have, uh, actually, we're going to talk about all four sports today, all four teams in Detroit. Um, two of them, well, actually, three of them a little bit less so than others. We have, like, you know what? Let's just start with this. Matthew, do you want to start with the Red Wings or do you want to start with the Tigers? There's less to say. Let's go like the least to say to the most to say. Hmm. I think the least is the Red Wings. Sure. Go ahead and say the Red Wings thing then. The shortest version of telling this whole situation is just that the 2020-2021 season for the NHL is up in the air. Yeah. The NHLPA and media and whatnot are still trying to come to an agreement on how um sounds like everyone's going to get paid and what that's going to look like with, like I said, media and whatnot. Uh, Gary Bettman came out today and just said that they're looking like the season's probably going to happen still. So just keep your eye out for the season, uh, for the NHL season, maybe, or maybe not happening. And that's kind of it. It's just that there's a question mark on the season Yeah, and it's, it has less to do with COVID than it does. Yeah. I wonder if it gets canceled. Um, if you sign a two year deal, does that like do do you start that contract with the actual next season starting? I wonder. I don't know how that works. Do you know what I'm saying? I have no idea. Yeah, we had we had this same dilemma with the NBA and like how all that's gonna yeah work out. Yeah. Which it sound it seems like it's kind of it's all fine, but well, it, it is very interesting to think about all of that being shifted. There were like 546 players in the NBA this last week tested for COVID and like 46 of them tested positive. 48. 48. Yeah. 48. So, I just got the notification. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and then, so as for the Tigers, uh, so apparently the Cubs are going to be, they want to pay Chris Bryant. I, I, I'm going to be full transparency here. How the MLB salary cap, how all that stuff works just really confuses me. Like I get arbitration and that's it. But basically go ahead. We can't figure out how anybody's money works. We'll get to the NBA There's, part of this at, at some point, but it's go ahead. every sport. Yeah. Every sport. It's it's so hard to figure out because you think you know the rules, and then the next day, everybody's like, well, that doesn't actually matter. If you yeah. want to pay him, you can. Sure. What, yeah, it's free. Who cares? Um, yeah. So they're like, we want to keep Chris Bryant smart. So they're going to be getting rid of Kyle Schwarber. Now, all I'm saying is if I'm Detroit, I would probably look into that. Now, I in an ideal world, if you're Schwarber, you're going to go to like the Yankees or something, you know, somewhere where you can actually contend. Um, I also don't know. Do we need a left fielder? Do we need a DH right now? I mean, if you want Miggy to play DH, then yeah, just keep him there, I guess. But like, Schwarber's awesome. He's a really powerful bat. I don't know. I, I, I read that and was like, huh, Kyle Schwarber in Detroit. That sounds fun. This is more of a question just because... I don't think we're the best people to ask about this. I don't know how excited guys are to play in Detroit, whether you're a member of the Tigers organization or you're like playing a road game in Detroit, in Comerica, just because it is such a large park. Uh, well, that's, it's not, that's I don't why think Castellanos left. Yeah, I don't know if it's the biggest park in the MLB. Like, I can't imagine that it is. Uh, but you got a 
you got to smack the ball to get it out. So yeah. I don't know how enticing it is for someone like Schwarber to come to Detroit. Not even just him, but just because that's who we're talking about. Um, obviously, for anybody, I think the ideal situation is going to the Yankees where you have to hit it five feet and it's gone. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, with Castellanos, it was like he always complained about the dimensions of Comerica and then went to yeah. the Cubs and slapped 100 doubles and hit like 50 home runs in 40 games. And it was like. He's not going to stay, is he? And the Cubs, Theo Epstein was like, yeah, we don't have the money for it. So um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting to throw out there. Now, Matthew, um, the main course of today's episode, this is going to be a Matthew episode. Um, We, as Detroit sports fans, had our Wizard of Oz uh, return of the Jedi moment. Um, Matthew, I'll let you say it. It happened. The the Lions finally moved on. They specifically said that head coach Matt Patricia and GM Bob Quinn were relieved of their duties. Yeah. They were not fired. It was not a mutual agreement. They were relieved of their duties. But they're gone. Mm. I, <laughs> I'm i trying to stay... I'm not even going to act like I'm like rejoicing and like I was jumping up in the air and freaking out and stuff when I got the news because it really was just a matter of time. It was almost like a weight off of everybody's chest being like, we knew he was gone, but now we just don't have to stress out about like, there's still a chance. So yeah, they finally, they just ripped the bandaid off. Um, what's her name? Sheila Hampford, Hampford, Hamp, Hamp or Hemp? Hemp, right? Hamp. Sheila Hamp. Ford. Hamp. Sh- Sheila Ford. <laughs> uh, she did say that Obviously, the game against the Panthers and then especially the game against the Texans really did Patricia in. And the reason that they waited uh, a few days after the Texans game uh, to make the announcement was they were trying to evaluate Patricia's job and Quinn's job separately, Separately, which is a good thing. And which was good. Yeah, I, I would also argue that the Redskins game, I don't care that we won football team that should. I'm sorry. The, the the Washington football team game. Um, I would argue that even though we won, that that should have been an indictment on on yep. on, his, on his character as a as a coach. Now, I have maintained for several weeks now that I actually think that there was a pretty strong case for Bob Quinn to be retained. Give him like I don't know what his contract was, how many years he had left, but at least maybe letting him ride that out um, with this next coach. And the reasoning that I would always give is because it's like he's very clearly able to construct a roster based around the strengths that he believes his coach has. Now, it turns out that is the coach that he actually had and Matt Patricia didn't have any strengths at all. So the players that he was getting him um, on paper made complete sense. But and I just feel like he would have been able to reconstruct the roster in a way that benefits the next coach. So to me, I think that if they kept him, I actually kind of would have been super on board with it. Um but it kind of is what it is. Now, Matthew, a huge development of the last, like, I want to say 24 to 48 hours has been um, the, how do I, the surfacing of an alleged burner account that belongs to, and Matthew's face right now, you can't see it, but this is news to him. Um, Matt Patricia might have a burner. That's awesome. Now, if you have Good for him, honestly, because yeah, this is hilarious already. I think it was Kelly Rowe that, I believe that's, who it was yeah yeah um well that's no, her name i'm, I don't I'm know. saying I, yeah, yeah yeah i know it's I'm, but i'm pretty sure it was her that quote tweeted one of the tweets and was like hey um you people might want to look into this now in a in a time 
uh, in an era of social media where like burners are so prevalent, sometimes people will make fake ones and like get people to believe that it, like yeah. like KCP's burner. Nah, son, that's his. I know we know for a fact <laughs> that is KCP's burner. Um, but you get what I'm saying. So like, I don't know if it's really his, but um, in like the bio, it's like father of two, um, loving husband tech nerd and I, that last thing kind of tipped me off a little bit if he put in there like rocket enthusiast i would have been like all right um but yeah a lot of the tweets were like yeah well matt patricia should get some credit for going to that dumpster fire organization and just all this stuff matthew i'll, I'll try to find it and send it to you later so you can look into it yourself yeah. but um now obviously the question here becomes i also <laughs> let me add this really quick why are people like oh give Sheila some credit for doing this, blah, blah. No, I'm not giving her credit for doing something that should have been done a while ago, but I'm also not going to fault her for like waiting this long. She gets the like, good job. You fired a bad coach. That's all I got. Are you kind of asking for my take yeah, on Yeah, like, why are people like, why or? are people like, give her her flowers? She did the right thing at a time where it was like, yeah, you could have done it a little bit earlier, but like, good job. I don't think she needs to be like commended for being like, I don't know, turning the franchise around or anything, but she did. She's just true to her word. That's kind of where she's at right now. She said that she wants the Detroit Lions to play meaningful games in December. If we're sitting at four and seven at the start of December, that's not meaningful. When one of them is a shutout, uh, another one came against really like a pretty scrappy Washington team. I will give them some credit for at least being scrappy, uh, but we proved to be no better than a team that should have been in the top five yeah. draft this year. They're just, they're playing in the NFC East. So it is what it is. Um, she, I don't know. I mean, she gave him, you weren't going to fire. This is just like the human side of things. You're not going to fire a head coach the week of Thanksgiving. No, I agree like, with that. Yeah. Like the days before Thanksgiving. Sure. So especially when you're playing for Detroit, it's a short week uh, going into that Thanksgiving game. There, there was just no way that if he was not fired before the Carolina game, that he wouldn't have been fired until after the Texans game. Yeah, I mean... They, if, if I worded that right. Sure, so. if she didn't wait till the end of the year, good for her. Um, now, obviously, the question becomes this. Where does Detroit go now? Now, as far as general managers go, um, I'm not as well-versed in the NFL's pool of general managers as I am with the NBA, so I can't give you anything there. But, Matthew, I know that you've compiled a list of guys that we could look at for the head coaching vacancy. Yep. I'm, I'm the same as you. I You do like the GM side of things for the NBA. It's not that I don't. I just not as well-versed. Uh, I'm more interested in the players and coaches side of thing. Not even as like an excuse. There are just so many more names to cover in the NFL than, Two more, than like the NBA or something. Fact. Two more? Yeah, there's 32 teams in the NFL. And th- just to give myself a little oh, no, bit no, not more just credit. teams, but like they're also no, I know I'm that's well, me making on. a cheap excuse. But let me I'm going to give myself a little bit more credit uh, to put my GM knowledge on display a little bit. <laughs> um, I was pretty busy this last weekend uh, making videos about GMs on Twitter. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, we, what did we we got in there? Sam Presti, uh, Palinka, Troy Weaver. um. Uh, John Horst, and then somebody else. Uh, oh, Sean Marks, of course. Yeah. So those are the five. And then Kings fans are like, make one for us. What do you want me to do? Uh, I said, I was <laughs> like, I love you guys, but that video is just a tumbleweed blowing across the screen. 
and I don't I can't afford a tumbleweed. So I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I, it would just be me waving at the door being like, bye, Bogdanovich, bye, Harry Giles. And then that's it. But anyways, Matthew, a head coaching, uh, a head coaching list, uh, a name, some names that you think that we could bring into Detroit. Those videos were a big success. And so I'm glad that you were they, at least able to remind people banged. to like, yeah, I they, know. It was they free. Were it was free. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So like Nick said, uh, I have, I have a couple coaches that I have on the Lions radar. I don't think these are going to be surprises to anybody. It's just deep dives into why they'd be a good fit for us or why we might be going after them. Um, and starting out with probably the most obvious choice in Daryl Bevel, who is taking over as the team's interim head coach. Oh, uh, for did you not know that? That's a thing. What do you? That's a thing that like. Okay, like, I mean, like, if this like, is like, news like, to you. Then. <laughs> I didn't know that they were ever going to entertain the idea of keeping him. It has been publicly said that that's a thing because people were curious. Gotcha. Okay. I, so that's... and Daryl Bevel said it himself. Um, he he is. So excited I, about this opportunity I because saw that quote, yeah, he hasn't been a head coach before. He's wanting to do this his entire life. Um, he's finally getting an opportunity now. He did talk to Rod Wood about like, can I be head coach? <laughs> and they did say um, that this is going to be like a trial run for him. So like, depending mm. on how you do in these five games, we will actually take your name into consideration for the position. Gotcha. Um, for next season. Yeah, so, there were there were two names that I thought you were going to say that are the quote unquote obvious ones. And Bevel was neither of them, but go ahead. I'm sure they're on the list. I was going to say they're probably the next two. Um, so yeah, Daryl Bevel, current offensive coordinator, taking over as interim head coach for the final five games. Um, he, It's really hard to defend given how this year has gone. And obviously the second half of last year, it's hard to remember what those first eight games of the season were like with Stafford and the offense where they were, they were humming. Yeah. That offense looked good. Stafford was truly playing at an MVP uh, caliber level. Um, it's, we were three, four and one. So it obviously only led to so many wins, but we also know how bad the defense was. So there's that. I will get into our defensive stats, uh, down the road here, but, um, I kind of went out on a limb and I wanted to give Bevel a lot of credit for obviously what he did last year to make this offense more exciting, get Stafford to play at like his peak level in a sense. Um, but then the more research I was doing, and in his own words, sounds like I might have been jumping the gunner a little bit. He could just be kind of saving face. I've been under the assumption that the offensive conservativeness that we've had, we're obviously very familiar with getting out to like a 10, 14, nothing lead, sure. something in that area, especially this season. And then it going away because the defense gets conservative and then the offense gets conservative and then we just can't rebound. I've been under the assumption that that's it all Patricia, all part of like this big overarching game plan um, to do things safe. We're obviously focusing on the run way more than we should be. Um, and not even just the number of times we're running the ball. It's the way we're running the ball. It just, it's very conservative. That's kind of the only way to put it. He did say, and when I say he, I mean Bevel. Um, he said that Patricia gave him a lot of leeway to run the offense but hinted that things will look different in the coming weeks. I don't know what that means. He really does like running those trick plays where it's just kind of like those reverse yeah, passes we saw on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. With... Which, by the way, I, I don't care. It was Stafford scored. I don't care. And I, I don't care about your replays. Stafford scored that touchdown. He caught the ball. He was in the end zone. I don't care. Give it to him. Even even the reverse and 
pass to Hawkinson. Yes, that's where right. Hawkinson, what were you doing? Run toward the sideline. There was nobody you over there. You were get upfield. Very angry about that. You were very mad online about that. It yeah. It made no sense. I'm obviously not on the field, so I couldn't see what he saw. But every angle that I've seen of the replays, he catches the ball. And instead of just going straight or going toward the sideline and then cutting up field, he turns in to the middle of the field where there are three other defenders. doesn't matter. The game's over four and seven. I I just want to throw this in there. Um, I I haven't said this yet. I freaking really like Hawkinson, man. I know yes. it was a huge meme, like, we drafted another tight end, and I was in on it, too, and everybody was like, shut up, man, like, this is the one, and I was like, you could be right, but it's still, you know, the hilarity is still there, sure. I I really like him. I just wish we'd give him the ball more, or target him, at least. Um, That's all. I really like him. I'm glad he's working out. He has, yeah, I was going to say, he has shown that he's worth Sure. when we took him, sure. so I I agree. Um, feel like I'm going a little bit slow on these breakdowns of the coaches, so I'll a little move bit. a little bit faster. Um, <laughs> um, in his, we already talked about how excited Bevel is, and he has said that he wants a team to have fun, and he specifically said he wants them to play like their hair is on fire. So he really does want, he said that he wants everybody to come in refreshed. He wants everybody to enjoy playing the rest of the season. He wants them to play, obviously, to the best of their abilities. Um, apparently, under the Patricia reign, the team never or rarely did one-on-one drills. It kind of showed. I didn't know that until today. Today was the first time in a couple of years now that the team actually worked on just one-on-one drills. So that's kind of nice. It it does seem like things are going to be a little bit different for the team. He didn't have like a, I know it's difficult when you don't have media readily available like you usually do, but he he never, he didn't get his like bye-bye exit conference, did he? Don't believe so. Yeah, no. probably for the I best. I haven't seen anything. He's, and I usually get notifications like when Patricia goes live. It, well, it probably would have been something to the effect of like, well, I should have coached better. Uh, I should have should have prepared these guys Came better. Came in here, worked hard. Yeah. Which I will say, <laughs> I think on a pure human level, I think most people in the locker room, if not everybody, did actually like Patricia in that sense. It's just he's kind of two-faced where there's Coach Patricia. Oh, sure. And then there's... Yeah, there's Coach Patricia, and then there's Matt Patricia, and they're two completely different people, from what I understand, from the things that I've read. Um, I can only speak to that so much. Um, I know that I will give him credit. You did hire the best special teams coordinator of all time. Yeah, apparently. And he subsequently selected the best punter of all time. And that's the other thing with Bob Quinn, is it's like, he drafted really well for the Lions. And I just... For the most part. And I just, like, you lost out on, what was his name, Travis Fulgham, he's been really good for the Eagles. He had like two good games. Is that, that all it was? Gotcha. Because yeah. um, I, I mean, they were amazing games. Right. But right, and that, it was that first game that I was like, guys, it's one like it's it, you know it is. Who cares? Um, so I don't know. He drafted really well. I just I, I don't know. I'm not mad about it, but I just feel like he could have been there or he, he could have stayed here. Matthew, give us the second coach. Um, I guess my final reasoning for like why we would go with Bevel. I'm gonna go faster through these other two. Um. The final reason we would go with Bevel, the last couple of coaches that we've picked up, they've all been heavily defensive-minded. Mm. We haven't had an offensive-minded coach in Detroit for a little while. The players really like playing for Daryl Bevel. He wants to be the head coach of the Lions. Um, the, like I said, the team respects him. I use that word specifically because it sounds like maybe that was an issue in uh, these past you few call years. call it like it is. It was an issue. Matthew, yeah. if Zach Zenner comes out and is like, that guy sucked. Yeah. He was pretty bad. 
with this yeah. with this defensive minded coach idea in mind because you bring up a really good point and you would sort of get the opposite of that with Bevel. But sticking to this reoccurring theme with Detroit, um, what is who is the other defensive minded coach on your list? Because I know he's going there. To be my transition, yes, mm. Robert Sala. There it is. He is the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. People are. I, I saw the question today. Would he want to come to Detroit? We obviously would want someone like him. Does he want Detroit? Um, given that I, I think they've described Detroit as a graveyard for coaches and for everybody for however many years. Yeah, they're not. So wrong. how attractive can that be for somebody who has a lot of potential and will have other options? It sounds like he's like Robert Sala wants to be in Detroit. We're obviously interested in him. So we'll see. Um, it's, I mean, it's everybody knows it. The 49ers defense is very good. With, even with all the injuries. And even with all the injuries, they are, and I have some stats here. So even with all the injuries that they've had, um, yards per game, these are defensive stats, remember. So the yards per game allowed, 49ers this year are still six. Yeah. They're sixth overall. The yeah. Lions, they're 29th. Passing yards per game. The Lions are 26th. 49ers are fourth. Oh. Rushing yards per game. Falling off a little bit, but I'll take top 10 because they're 10th. We are 28th in rushing yards per game. And then points per game. Stepping back again a little bit. They're 11th. They're still the 11th best points per game defense. And the Lions are 31st. I was going to say 27th. It's also worth noting Richard Sherman the other day went to bat. For him, I'm, when I say I'm going to say he, he got emotional, but I don't mean like he was crying. Like he was just passionate, passionate in, yeah. in how he was talking about him. Um, and he was like, this guy is going to be a head coach somewhere next year. Um, he's like, no doubt in my mind, uh, this guy is incredible. So that was really interesting to see. So I guess Okuda can just be his new Richard Sherman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He uh, he he went through that whole it was like an interview. So it was more formal. Not so much talking about Detroit specifically. He was just giving his respect to Robert Sala, saying like he deserves a coaching opportunity. He's a great coach. He's a leader of men, he described it as. Um, and he also texted Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. And he said that Sala specifically has to get the Detroit job. He said that he's homegrown. He's from Dearborn. So I believe... Oh. Yeah, he's from Dearborn. I believe... He grew up a Lions fan. Mm. He's a great leader of men, and he's not stubborn. We just dealt with some stubbornness. He doesn't just think he has all the answers. We just dealt with a guy who felt, who thought like that. He comes up with a great plan and evolves it with his players. You got to do that when you're dealing with injuries like that. We have a defense that is chock full of injuries week in and week out. We just added Desmond Trufant to the IR today so and Danny Shelton, so that's fantastic as much as I don't know how much it really matters the rest of the way. Um, we need somebody like that. It, it, forget the defensive-minded side of things. We need a leader like that. And I like sure. that Richard Sherman specifically uses that term to describe Robert Sala. Defense, the, the statistics are there. They speak volumes about his uh, abilities to just get the job done. When it comes to having respect and being in the locker room with your team and representing a city and a team and those colors and everything, Robert Sala does that. So... He checks every single box. There's yeah. a lot to be said about him being, like I said, homegrown. He's from Dearborn. It sounds like he wants to be here. Family's really important to him. So it it almost makes too much sense not to do it. Bump Daryl Bevel back down to offensive offensive coordinator where he probably will have complete control of the offense. 
um, in just having more time to just kind of mess around with this team and see what they're capable of from a Daryl Bevel perspective. Um, I think that'll really help and bode well for Robert Sala, who would be coming in um, yeah. to get that perspective from Daryl Bevel. Now, I'm going to give you a curveball because I think I know who the third coach on your list is. Um, so in this scenario, if I'm guessing correctly, there's a world where maybe Bevel is now obsolete because the guy that we're bringing in is so good with his play calls and scheming that maybe he just kind of pulls the um, uh, who, Matt Nagy or the um, uh, Adam Gase. Uh, he pulls that and he's like the he calls the plays too. So go ahead and say who it is cuz I'm pretty sure I know who it is. We would I would imagine we would still keep Daryl Bevel on as an offensive consultant. Yeah, consultant or assistant, maybe somebody that goes up into the into the press box or the booth or something. Mm. Don't know. Uh but yes, Eric Bieniemy. There it is. Man, I got it. He, both of these. These the both of those guys did. were who I these, was thinking. I yeah, it's not like some arbitrary guess. Like of course you were going to say them. I'm just glad yeah. that I am in the know enough to get them right. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, these are the two obvious choices. Um, I don't even think that the Lions are the most attractive job opening right now. So mm. obviously neither of these guys are a lock. But with Eric Bieniemy, if you're not familiar with him, he's the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not doing half bad a job there, if you're not familiar with how insanely dominant the Chiefs have been for the past few seasons. Bieniemy is in his eighth season with the Chiefs, third as the offensive coordinator, and he ple- previously served as Kansas City's running backs coach from 2013 to 2017. That bodes incredibly well for a team who needs help in that department. He's obviously blown up uh, just the entire league with the way that he runs his offense and whatnot. Um, it, I mean, having Patrick Mahomes helps, but we don't have... Um, too bad of a quarterback ourselves and Matthew Stafford, who is yeah. fully capable of making a lot of the throws that Patrick Mahomes can. Um, obviously just getting help in the running back department, which has been obsolete for Detroit since Stafford came along. And really since Barry left, that would be huge. So there's that. Had some stats for Robert Sala. I have them for Eric Bieniemy too. Uh, no surprise with like any of these. Yards per game, Chiefs, they're first. Who would have guessed? Probably just It's probably just chalk, right? Across the board. They're top, not what, perfectly. top five probably in everything. I mean, it's not going to surprise you at all. Yards per game, total yards per game, first. Lions, 21st. Uh, passing yards per game, they're first. Lions, not too bad, they're 13th. But I think a lot of those come in quote-unquote garbage time when you have to rely on Stafford to just Ugh, the, sling it. The, it, it, it. I can't even articulate how upset I am, how disgusted I am whenever I hear garbage time and Stafford in the same sentence. I think I agree. Why? Because he doesn't. Because it's he doesn't nonsense. It's a nonsense narrative. No, no, no. It's not his fault. But like, he has to. Let me rephrase. It. It's maybe not garbage time, but it's comeback time, and you just have to rely on Stafford to mm. make something happen again. Because um, really, our passing. I don't know. I just hate this team so much. They're just so predictable and just hard to watch. And it's it's. He's not having his best season, and I will be one of the first people to admit that. He's not playing great this year, but you cannot act like it's it's all on him. People or will, though. I know. Passing yards per game, though, first Ooh, to 13. I just, really quick, we're on the Stafford thing. Um, He he said something the other day. I, I meant to mention this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to completely derail this. You're good. Um, 
they were like, hey, Matthew Stafford. So Patricia got fired and he gave a very diplomatic answer and was like, yeah, it sucks. You never see these things coming, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You hate to see a guy like that go. And it's like, okay, Mr. Stafford, you're being very nice right now. But then he was given like some really weird and like non-committal answers about his future in Detroit. And I'm like, it's, I just feel like, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like usually whenever they're like, hey, you like playing for the Lions? He's like, I love Detroit. I love it here. My family loves it here. And it, the whole thing, right? All the bells and whistles. And it's just big. Th- but it, it, And it was a little bit shocking to me that he was kind of like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And I get it, right? But it's it was weird. So I got the notifications just from like the beat writers and stuff who were quoting him during that that interview. I was at work, so I wasn't able to like watch it in the moment, but I went back and watched it when I had a second because it worried me too. And they they said that was the first time since Stafford's been in Detroit where he was uh, he it was described as mum on his future with Detroit. They weren't saying like he's not coming back or anything, but this was the first time where he was he didn't straight up say. I'm going to be in Detroit forever. Yeah. Going back and watching it, he was himself the entire time. He's always very uh, dry and a little bit like gray. He's he's not going to give you much. If you know anything about Matthew Stafford, and I'm not acting like I'm an expert and I'm his best friend and stuff, as great as that would be, he is, he's like fun. And like people love playing with him and knowing him and stuff. So in an interview, he is a professional's professional. He's just really good in handling that situation. This was the first time, though, where he said they were just asking him, you know, you're restarting with the Lions again. We're getting another new head coach. We're getting another new GM. This is, you've gone through this several times now. What does the future hold for you? Are you ready to go back through that? Like, can you handle it? And he said he wasn't trying to be rude. He's just like, I'll deal with that later. I don't remember what his exact quote was, but it was more or less... We'll know later. Mm. And the way that I took it, and again, I'm paraphrasing it probably a little bit poorly, because the way that I took it was he's going to have a meeting at the end of the season with, I don't know if he's going to have any decision on who the GM or the the coach are. Well, I think that'll depend on whether or not he wants to be here. I think him wanting to be here is more dependent on what the plan is. If it's win now, my guess is he's going to stick around and obviously if they get a coach and GM and stuff that can make that happen in some sense where there's at least an opportunity, he's going to stay. Like, I honestly don't think that he's trying to leave. But if there's, if it's anything other than win now, my guess is he's going to be gone. And I, I think he wants that. I think he wants to win. No surprise. So it sounds like if there's any hint at a reset, like if they even want to bring another quarterback in, Uh, for him to help develop my guess is he's probably not going to want to do that not that he's being like a bad guy or doesn't want to do that but people forget he did take over an 0-16 franchise this is I think the third time that he's going through this complete reset which a lot of people don't go through even once third time for him at least so he's just ready to like commit to something and settle down so I'm not taking what he said as Stafford's gone it literally just depends on what the plan is Mm. so this is definitely the most likely it's ever been, though, that he does not retire a lion. I mean, unless we they decide to reset and he's like, I'm just done. I'm, I retire. I yeah. retire. Um, <laughs> but back on the, just to backtrack a little bit, give us give us some more stats. 
So last on Bianami, like I said, uh, first in yards per game, first in passing yards per game. They're 18th in rushing yards per game. Uh, they don't even have uh, their number one running back. So it kind of makes sense. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still, he's been good for them. Obviously, if you're 18th in rushing in the NFL, that's not half bad when you're first in the other categories. Uh, Lions, though, are 27th in rushing yards per game on both ends of the ball. We just cannot handle the rush game. Uh, points per game, they are second, but they're second behind the Packers, 31.7 to 31.6. So they're first. And then they might as well be first. They're behind by 0.1. Yeah. In my book, that's a tie, and you're just tied for first. It's a tie, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and then points per game for the Lions were 22nd. So I'm, but we need help everywhere. That's not a surprise. I think it takes watching one Lions football game, and everybody saw that on Thanksgiving, that nothing is going very well for us right now. So you can make a great case for Bianami. You can make a great case for Salah. I think it's maybe more likely that Salah gets it if those are like our top two targets and those are like the top two guys that want to be in Detroit. I don't know. I think no matter who you are around the NFL, those are the, the hottest names on the market. So that's that. I have one more as like a... Why not just mention that he coached at one point? Don't say Jeff Chris Fisher. Spielman. Okay. No, Jeff. No, yeah. It, her, uh, is it Herman Moore? Herman Moore. Who, he is really, really pushing for Chris Spielman to get the GM position. I don't understand because they were teammates, I guess. Teammates. Um, Spielman's obviously been calling the game for a while. He's yeah. been working with the Lions outside of calling games. He's been working with the Lions for a few years now. Um, so he's been evaluating our roster and our franchise specifically for some time Sure. Uh, outside of even just his playing days. So uh, he's well-respected. He knows the game. He knows the Lions. There's no, in theory, there's no reason why it wouldn't really work. If you listen to uh, Herman Moore's explanation, there's reason to believe that it could work. But it does also sound like the goal here with the Lions is to bring in someone with head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. And to bring in somebody with um, a history of winning. Yeah. So they they do want to go in that direction. Obviously, the the two guys that I was extra vouching for don't they have the experience with winning, but they aren't. Well, two of them just had coaching were in experience. The Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So we'll see uh, how strict that is. That's just the the rumor mill right now. Um, but with Jeff Fisher, really quick, I don't have much to add about it. It's just. Why not? At least consider it. He is 62. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, if he, he might just want to retire. Like, I wouldn't even blame him. He is a defensive minded guy. So, that would go back to like where Detroit has been for the past few years. He hasn't coached since 2016. He was with the Rams from 26 or 2012 to 2016. Total record of 173, 165, and one. And in the playoffs, he is five and six with one AFC championship. Uh, that was when they obviously lost the Super Bowl to the Rams. That's when he was with the Titans. Forgot to say that. Yeah. But um, so that's it. I, I think that Salah is probably top choice. The enemy is number two. Uh, Bevel is third. I think there's still plenty of reason to believe that he could get the position, but we'll just see how these final games go and what the vision is for the for the future of Detroit. My input here, you want an offensive-minded <clears throat> coach. I can think of a guy. Um, actually used to play in Detroit. Goes by the name of Kellen Moore. I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> but I, I I did genuinely think about that myself. Oh, really? I don't think there's I'm any... I'm just le- kidding. Well, let me rephrase that. Not for head coach. Sure. Like, I could see it being a situation where maybe if um, Daryl Bevel does get promoted to head coach, I have no idea if he would want to do both. 
maybe there's an opportunity for Kellen Moore to come in. I'm not asking for it. Wouldn't be that's like a nothing thing if it happens. If it happens, he still has to come to Detroit and prove himself. Well, whoever comes to Detroit, you have to actually make a difference. You talk about um, former players coming in. Chris Spielman, a guy who analyzes the roster, you know, every third week because he's got to cover the game. Um, I mean, as an OC, like I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying if we're using that uh, ideology, like Dan Orlovsky is like the Stafford Stan, right? So I just feel yeah. like. If there's anybody who can kind of, I don't believe that. I don't. I don't even believe what I'm saying. There's been no. There has been not so much to Detroit, but people do want Orlovsky to get some something, sort of coaching position. Something. Yeah, I don't even know if he wants that. My guess is he's probably enjoying what he's doing right now. Um, Being wrong like sixty percent of the time. <laughs> but then he talks about Stafford, and I'm like, you're you're all right. You're all right, Dan. He did uh, have a little bit of a, a mic drop moment when he said that. Uh, oh. Detroit will be getting a new head coach, and this time they will actually have a lot of work yes. to do yeah. when they come in. Uh, that was pretty funny because, and really quick, I have zero issue with Jim Caldwell, but people forget oh, this revisionist history is insane. You can ma- you can moving on from him was the right decision. Yes, J- objectively, he was I think five and twenty six against teams with winning records. That's not good. That's really bad. That's Jim Harbaugh. That's, that's, yeah. Wait a minute. I forgot. That's probably a name we should have thrown into the mix. No. Because you and I both I, know. All right, keep going. It's on the table? It's, it's I, I mean, there's know. nothing to say because everybody is so concerned that that's going to happen. But there is some truth that, like, with the NFL is different. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm, I'm not even going to get into it. But back to the Jim Caldwell thing. It was time to move on from him. Yes. And I, Bob Quinn was right. Nine and seven with where this team is at, because we're right there, is not good enough. We did expect more. There was potential to do more. The only issue is we made the wrong hire. You can Those two things can exist together. You can make the right decision, yeah. and your next decision is not just the wrong one, the like worst one, but... That's that's just the situation. The Jim Caldwell situation is very unfortunate, and it sucks. Bob Quinn hired someone who he was familiar with, who was technically like a friend. Yeah. They were trying to bring in the Patriot way. And because his job was predicated, more or less, on the success of Matt Patricia, he's not going to fire him sooner than he has to because that looks bad on himself. So he's not going to let him go earlier than he did Jim Caldwell because it his job is at stake. Oh, you're right. So he's just going to ride it out as long as possible. So I understand the Jim Caldwell thing. Just like if we can all just agree that this all sucks, that's all there is to say about it. Yeah. We made the wrong decision and it really sucks. That's kind of all there is to it. So you want to talk about a situation that like sucks, but you're kind of like, yeah, okay. I got a situation for you. It's LiAngelo Ball <laughs> signing a one-year non-guaranteed but... deal with the Detroit Pistons. So I'm basically, I get off the train today, um, walking home, we're walking home, and I feel my phone vibrate. Matthew just texts me, um, and I'm like, oh, no, what happened? And then I see it, and I'm like, okay. Now, I want to pat myself on the back here because I got a story out about that within, like, 30 minutes of it breaking. So I just – good job, Nick, there. 
Um, Good job, you. For the people who, well, Matthew, let me give, let me ask you this first. I know this is you. This has been a you heavy episode, but I, I want to continue to get your thoughts on this. You see that uh, Leangelo Ball had? Did I say Lamelo at first? I'm pretty sure I did. Leangelo Ball signs a non guaranteed contract with the Pistons. Your thoughts were what? Memes. Do you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear that silence? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just. So I was sorry. I'm not funny. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> the look of. Okay. The, you were like searching. We for need this approval. to be visual. Yeah. Would, go ahead. Keep yeah. going. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter because I didn't even get like a notification or anything yet. I was just, I was going through Twitter and uh, one of the Pistons beat writers quote tweeted Shams's tweet saying like that it happened. And I forgot what he said, but it was just something. It's just a funny tweet. doesn't really matter. But I saw Leangelo Ball and Detroit Pistons in the same tweet from Shams of all people. And I was like, what? No, I didn't read that, right? So I just kind of kept scrolling. And I was like, I probably should go back and see that. Went back, saw the check mark by his name too. So it was like official official. You had to read it about four or five times. Yeah, I mean, I just had to read it a bunch. And it was just a really weird situation. It's even worse because obviously there was some hype about the Pistons either trading up or him dropping to us with some situation in which the Pistons end up with LaMelo sure. because of all the training that he and Leangelo were doing in Detroit and just all the hype that was going into it. Sure enough, you know how Troy Weaver said uh, he's going to mess this franchise up and we're like, no, you're not. And then sure enough, he just like completely flipped everything upside down. I just want to be clear was like, that he did not say that. He said he was going to be very aggressive. I'm in paraphrasing. The trade market. Yeah, I know. I just don't want people to think that you hate Troy Weaver because you don't. No, 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 no. You're no. just... It's a hyperbole. Keep going. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's just kind of funny that Leangelo was like, yeah, I like, I like live in Detroit. I'm like at the facility all of the time. I'm wearing Tigers gear. Like all of these things that I point actually, to like. I forgot about the Tigers hat. That's a, I forgot about that. I don't remember him wearing a hat. I remember him wearing a shirt. But if he was doing both, so be it. Uh, well, that just goes to show how often <laughs> he's doing it, I guess. <laughs> Um, here's what I'm asking you from a basketball standpoint, not from your personal experience learning the news, but like, <laughs> what do you think about this move? Cause I'm going to get into what it actually means in a minute. I'm probably just going to copy everything you're going to say. It's like, a, it's a nothing thing. He's going to work with us in camp. If it works out cool. If not, sorry, he's going to end up in the G league. We don't, it, what are we? It's, I don't know. If, if it's a it, nothing, if camp goes well. So I texted somebody about this. Who's like in the know. And I, I, without context, I just texted him, why? Like, <laughs> why? And he was like, I don't know. I'm not even going to bother asking around about this. It's just a PR thing. And I was like, "What? to what benefit? And he goes, people are going to talk about the Pistons. And I was like, I guess. So I, I asked him, I go, there's no way he makes it past camp, right? He goes, no. So here's what I'm thinking um, is that it is. He's just an extra body for training camp. Um, and then if it goes well, he could get a, a, a contract with the drive. Right. Yeah. Because people forget that he was actually signed to Oklahoma City's G League team in March. And then a week later, the shutdown happened. So he never actually got a chance. Um, so, you know, it could happen. And, and people are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. First of all, bringing in Davidas Servitas, which is a thing that we'll get to in a minute. That put us at, like, 16 on the roster. Like, I'm really confused with who's allowed to be on this team right now. 
Leangelo Ball, I can tell you with great certainty, not only is he not legally allowed to be on the roster, um, actually, I got to tell you this. Nobody's talking about this. You know what the funniest thing about that announcement coming out when it did was? Shams sends out the tweet, Leangelo Ball, he agrees to a one-year contract with the Detroit Pistons. Okay, Troy Weaver was like 15 to 20 minutes into a press conference, into his media availability when that released. Who who signed off on the deal? Because it wasn't Troy Weaver. My only guess is that it, it, Shams would have just been late to find out. But yeah. he was also the first to find out, but that's my best guess. I'm 95% kidding because either it was just something that they just had to kind of, you know, get, finalize it. Or maybe Troy was like, hey, Ed, I got to do this thing. You want to take care of this? And he's like, yeah, I could do that. Um, so that's pretty, <laughs> just like that. It's pretty fun. I feel like people forget that Leangelo is bad, but but here's what I'll say about him. I have maintained for several years that I always thought, I swear to God, I always thought that Leangelo was going to be the best out of all three of them. That was a very popular take. I kind of had the same one. And my biggest thing was I was like, look at his jump shot. It's pretty good. Speaking relatively, because his other Lamelo and Lonzo's yeah. are terrible, so it's you know what's the competition. But I really like his mechanics: six five, two thirty, great basketball frame. He's a scorer, but he has the same issue that um, Lamelo does, where he can't dial in defensively, so he just gets whipped all the time. So it is what it is. Now, what I will say, theoretically, Leangelo fits into this mold that Detroit is trying to build right now with this like you know grab bag of, of seasoned veterans and and 20 something year olds you know what i mean um leangelo fits not somewhere in the middle because he's not by any stretch of the imagination a seasoned vet but he's i don't know like 23 or something so or no actually i think he's my age so he's probably about 22 i don't know he just like Lamelo, took an unconventional path stumbled into the league i'm happy for lavar for sure um now the other thing this shocked a lot of people including well i won't say who we were not led to believe that servetus was gonna play for the pistons this year and i think on this podcast i asked you about it and you said no because i was told, which i'm not like calling you out but yeah i was explicitly told no like it's not happening he's coming to america to just like I don't know, vibe. Yeah, like he wasn't coming here to hoop. So he signs a three-year deal with Detroit, third year non-guaranteed. Again, the roster situation really confuses me. I don't know if he's allowed to – he's not on a two-way, so like I don't know if he's just going to play in Grand Rapids because that would be smart. Um, I just – I don't – basically we have John and Musa 2.0 on this team, which is not great. And people are like all over Servetus. Like, he's going to be the, like, he's really fun. He's a really fun frame, 6'9, I think 220 or 230. Like, that's exciting. He's got tremendous length, um, highly touted for his, um, his ability to, you know, hit from the perimeter, space the floor. Like, that's great. Um, and then also on the Musa thing, like, I keep thinking about it and I don't care how, how fundamentally bad he is. You know what really excites me about watching Musa in Detroit this year? You're going to laugh, man. That's it. You're going to watch him play. It's going to be fun. It's going to be hilarious. And it's, but n- like, not in the way that watching Thon 
was funny. Which, good for the Cavs, by the way. Good for them for rolling the dice on Thon Maker. Glad someone took a chance, but I'm, I'm glad that that chapter has ended. Go ahead, Matthew. What was fun about the Thon Maker thing? I know... I'm not trying to act like... I don't have a personal vendetta against Thon Maker. He's in the NBA. Good for him. Well, obviously, like on some level, he deserves. You're it. already biased. I don't. You are already biased because he was traded for Stanley. But I was also more upset trading Stanley. I like I can get over that pretty easily. I've been over it. I still will talk about it, but so be it. <laughs> more than anything, I was irate that we brought in Thon Maker. At no point. In the Thon Maker experiment, whether it was Milwaukee, obviously Detroit, or now with Cleveland, at no point have I ever been impressed by any part of him or his game. I don't know, man. And I, mm-mm, it nope, was like I remember he hit that game winner for us against the Hawks. And yes, that was the one thing that everybody was like, "This is the dude. He's taken Detroit to the top." And I was like, "He hit a shot. He hit." Uh, shot. Yeah, but it was like his third and that game was here. It. And it was like his second game here that he got all of his teeth knocked out. <laughs> Do you remember that? So we were like, Vaguely. this dude is it. He's not great, but he's got that spirit. And then last year, February, as soon as Andre's traded, so at, the deadline was February 6th. So February 7th through like the 13th or 14th, remember him and Christian Wood, they both snapped. And they were the thin towers. Like, it was, I mean, it was box office basketball. Watching them in the front court was actually fun. Like, it was really fun, and it made sense. And then Thonmaker hit a wall as it, you know, because he's Thonmaker. But Christian Wood kept going. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. I do have a, I do have a question about Servetus, though. Mm. And you kind of touched on it, where people are getting, like, overly hyped, and you're kind of reminding For people, no like, reason. Don't, don't freak out. Uh, are you familiar with the name John Hollinger? That dude hates us. The Pistons? Yeah. Or, mo- or you know, us. No. <laughs> <laughs> he hates the Pistons. Um, so that, I guess, that alone helps explain this. He, I don't know if you saw his tweet about Servetus. Playing in Israel. He, yeah. Yeah, and he thought that Servetus coming over here was, I think he said, a joke? Yes, he did say that. And, what so is it more so him hating the Pistons or like does he know something about Servetus that people? Well, his reasoning about? was because he scored one point in two games this right. year. Now I also want to say Hollinger quote tweeted the LiAngelo news today, and he was like, "This is the second Lithuanian player that Detroit has brought in this week, and somehow, <laughs> and somehow they brought in another one that was worse than the last." And I was like, he just keeps saying mean things about us, warranted so just, or not. I'm just like chill okay so he's just angry dude's just i don't yeah he's just mad online i don't know um as far as i don't know i don't think you're gonna see much of servetus now we're gonna run a little bit long here because i i media day is it's like media week for the pistons right now um you got like two or three guys going every single day yeah killian is playing a lot of basketball this year yes a lot of basketball um do i keep going but i want to remember to bring this up i have I have a question about him that I want you to answer. You can so go ahead. Keep going though. I believe that the over under. Okay, I was going to bring this up. Yes. Okay, the over under was set. I'm. I only remember him. I saw the the over under set for a couple of our guys, but for Killian at least, I think that's maybe the most interesting one to talk about. Over under for him, I believe, was at 
seven and a half or eight and a half points. or nine and a half points per game. Yeah. Points was if you eight, remember the numbers and go for it. Points was eight and a half. Assists was three and a half. Three and a half. Yep. And I was like, one of those will be over. And I feel like it's really easy to say either. But but with assists, here's what you have to remember. Does Detroit have the necessary assets to set him up to actually Assisting. get those assists? You know what I mean? Um, so that's going to be that part of it. Um, and then, I don't know. Like, I think bringing Plumlee in is like... Man, let me tell you, I've gone on a real roller coaster with this whole Jeremy Grant thing and him and... I've been seeing your tweets. I'm glad you brought this up because I forgot to ask you about this. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching them. I've been watching a lot of, like, actual... I'm not just going on YouTube and look Jeremy Grant highlights. I'm not doing that. I'm looking at, like, actual possession-by-possession possession film of Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley last season. I don't want to say we're screwed. I don't think we're screwed. I... I think he has a lot to live up to. I just really wonder um, what what is the plan here? Because Mason Plumley, it was just revealed today that he gets like a 10% trade kicker in, in addition to his $25 million contract, which means if we move him, we owe him more money. And I'm just like, you might as well. So that dude's going to be here for the long haul. Three years of Mason Plumley, <laughs> get ready for it. Jeremy Grant, we'll see what happens there. Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee in a two-man lineup last year, um, they were the Denver was just worse with them on the floor as a duo. They were minus five, which is marginal, but it's still minus five. Accumulatively, that can kind of sway it sway either way. Every major statistical category, they were pretty much down across the board. And I'm just like, okay, they were down while having like I know that okay. Let me just My worry with Jeremy Grant is this. He's playing alongside Jokic and Jamal Murray. Those are two elite playmakers, if not one and a half. Call Murray whatever you want. I watched him in the playoffs. You watched him in the playoffs. I think he's elite. If you think he's almost there, whatever. We'll say one and a half. Make everybody happy. And Jeremy Grant met his like career peak, right? That's great. I just worry, and he's like a fourth or fifth option on that Nuggets team, by the way. And he comes to Detroit, he wants a more involved offensive role. Wh who's setting him up? I'm asking you. It kind of goes to another question I was going to ask. I would say the top three guys to set him up, depending on how our offense runs this year, um, would be Derek Blake and Killian. Sure. And I, you're right. I agree with you. People are like, what do you okay. mean? Here's Killian Hayes. Guys. Guys, 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 we have a, we, Matthew, I got, we got about 20 more minutes to unpack here. So strap in. There's a lot. I didn't realize how much Pistons we had to talk today. Here's the thing with Killian Hayes. I love him so freaking much. Everybody does. We did it. We, we made the right pick. I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. And I have such tremendous expectations for him, but you have to remember something. There is no summer league. There is no, like, multiple weeks of training camp, you know, kind of intermittently throughout the offseason. It is drafted. You are playing for, like, two weeks in camp. And then you're playing basketball. Like, this is it. I think he's going to start kind of fast. I really do. He's going to hit that inevitable rookie wall. If if he's what he think, if, if he is what we think he is, he's going to start really fast. He's going to hit a wall. And then hopefully as the season kind of comes to an end, he's going to be. But I just feel like we're putting way too high expectations on him. And I kind of just worry like he's going to need some time. He's going to need some time. 
With that, did you hear what Sekou Dumbuya, his friend, had to say about his transition to the NBA? I, I saw the quote today. I would assume that he said it today as well. Did you see it? Well, Sekou spoke, I think, yesterday, but go ahead. The quote that I saw, I guess it doesn't necessarily matter when it came from. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The quote just emphasizes that Sekou believes Killian's transi- transition to the NBA will be seamless and that he's not going to have any issues adapting his game. It's like he is ready for this stage. That's coming from somebody who showed a lot of flashes, but also was just not going to say that Sekou wasn't ready, but he, I mean, is that the way to put it? Like he just, well, not that he wasn't ready. He just didn't do maybe as much as he will. That's the safest. That's way a, it. we're going to be here for another 15 minutes if we talk about Sekou, but <laughs> sure, we can say that. Just sticking with Killian, it sounds like Seku is very confident yeah, that but, Killian but, will be fine. But what but is that's, he going to say? He's his best friend. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, that's kind of what I'm saying. It, that quote is just out there. Sure. It's it's exciting. I'd rather hear that than, honestly, like anything else. But it does put a target on his back to actually produce. In a situation in which a lot of these rookies, it's going to be hard for them to make a significant difference this year. Yeah. Like you said, I think there is an opportunity for a lot of these rookies to start fast. I think there are going to be quite a few guys that maybe surprise us or do show out in the beginning. Let's say like the first month, month and a half, where they just get to play, kind of like Daryl Bevel was saying with the Lions, play with their hair on fire. Just really let loose and just do whatever you want. Take care of business. But I think once uh, the season and just... The fact that you're playing in the NBA starts to catch up with you. The traveling, the schedule itself, um, just the effort that you have to put in. I think a lot of them are going to hit that metaphorical wall where they, I'm not going to say they fall off, but you do, like, they are a rookie. The time that it sets in, like, you are a rookie is going to hit a lot of them. I hope that doesn't happen for Killian, but that's just kind of, it's expected. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that Dwayne Casey talked about yesterday was that um, he's like, I had lunch with Blake in L.A. And I don't remember. Actually, I don't even remember if he said it was in L.A., but I know Blake hasn't left. So they had lunch a few weeks ago, and he was like, I'm totally on board with everything that's happening. And he was like, I do not want a minutes restriction. Um, and Casey was like, we're going to be um, – He, I feel like he said two different things because he was like, basically, we're going to run all of Blake's and all of Derek's favorite plays. But then he also said that we're going to try to move away from using Blake as a primary ball handler since we have other options. And I was like, well, you got to pick one then. Um, I just want to see a Blake Griffin dribble handoff. Is that too much to ask? That's all I want to see. And Blake is talking about, like, I, I, I wasn't able to listen to what he was saying, but I was able to read what he was saying. And I tweeted this. Matthew, I know you saw it. Super heavy dad vibes. Like, he's like, I love the pieces we got. Love the kids we got. Love everything that's happening. I'm on board with it. I'm more than happy to help. And I was like, do you want to be here? Because it sounds like you want to be here. <laughs> What's the problem? Like, what am I missing? Because you're a really good liar if you're lying. I don't know. Everything that I read, it was just kind of like, it was very reassuring to see it. Like, And it made me really happy. Um, the Pistons right now have a, a legitimate shot at a guy who could win Rookie of the Year. The fifth best odds right now. They also have three guys, three chances at an all-rookie uh, team player which is like and you keep hearing this stuff about isaiah stewart and i'm really trying not to get excited about it because it's just draft nonsense but isaiah stewart's coming out and he's like it's a good thing there weren't group workouts 
because a lot of these other guys would have been exposed and you would have realized how bad they are and how much better well, not I even, am. Yeah, I was going to say they were afraid to match up against him. Yeah. In his own words. And then him and like Weaver and Casey, they're like, yeah, we saw some stuff in his workouts that we didn't know he could do. And I'm like, okay, big man in an open gym. I've heard this story a million times. Like, don't, don't we gotta we gotta touch on that. We too. don't gotta touch on that. We don't have to do that. <laughs> um, Matthew learned a valuable internet lesson, and don't post big men shooting jump shots in an open gym. It was no, that's not the situation. The situation was, I saw a video of Jaleel Okafor working out. I legit. This is not a long time in the grand scheme of like life, but it's a long time in the Twitter world. I was trying to come up with a caption for about three minutes of what to say about this video of Jaleel Okafor just existing in a gym. Eye emojis, tried and true. Yep. It worked for engagement, so I'll take it. I mean, we need it. But I mean just eye emojis, (laughs) not what you said. But it was very funny to see. I mean, in theory... I would say it was 60, 40 people enjoying the video sure. because if you, like if I, if you like that video, that means you like it. You enjoyed what you saw and you agree with what I said and take what I said with a major grain of salt. Cause I don't, it was, I made my own joke about it. Like we've seen this story before. And then you had your handful of people quote, tweet it and be like, man, this guy's like, this dude is it. He's, he's changing. He's, he's here. And then everybody else was like, I'm going to delete Twitter because I'm sick of seeing these. And I, so, so I saw that same video <laughs> earlier in the day, not from when you tweeted it from Motown Rundown, but I had seen it earlier in the day and I was going to quote tweet it and be like, can we stop doing this, please? And then I see Matthew did the same thing. I was like, oh, Matthew. Oh, Matthew. It's our guy. Like it's, yeah, it's no, literally 100%. just a guy that the Pistons signed, like we signed him. He's working out. That's all that matters. Yeah. 100%. If I said he looks different again, I, I mean, in theory, you should take what I say serious, but also it's, that's, yeah, I didn't. You and I aren't the same. Don't. In, in what sense? You just said take everything I say seriously. We're not the same. Don't take anything. Well, don't listen also, to anything I say. But that's the same. Th- it's like don't. I don't know. Like read my tweet, but like don't. But take don't. It to but heart. don't like read it. Read it. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Just like, like next yeah, time, I Matthew, saw your tweet. we'll just end it. We'll we'll end this little thing on that. On this. Um. Next time, just say Jaleel Okafor shooting a basketball. I emojis, and then just send tweet and mute it. Matthew has the audacity to text me. Is this what it feels like to be you getting all these notifications? I was like, Matthew, you don't know the half of it. Um, and then I'm, uh, Josh Jackson had his his availability today. And I just, you know, I, I you know, you, you always have one of these guys every year where you're like, we're taking a, a flyer on this guy. I think, I think there's something there. And, you know, like Josh Jackson at Michigan State would have been really cool. Him and Miles together would have been awesome. You know, we were really pulling for it. Shout out to a major win at Cameron Indoor um, last night for Michigan State. No crowd, but take yeah, it. Which is, which is why I'm kind of like, who cares? But it, And we didn't look great, but, but, but a win's a win. But we beat Coach K, so I don't really, yep. I don't particularly and I, care. I think it was our first win at Cameron Indoor. It ever, has so. to be. With it a little asterisk there. But, um. Josh Jackson in Detroit, I just feel really good about it, man. I, I really do. It just feels like he's in mentally the best shape of his life. Um, you know, especially with everything that's that he's been dealing with in recent years. Like the I don't want to say like sobriety program that Memphis put him through, but something sort of mirroring that where they're like, Hey, we need you to be on your best behavior and they would incentivize him not getting into shenanigans. Um and it just feels like it shaped him into the guy that he really needs to be. On top of that, he gets to come home 
and and you know play for his team like his hometown team so i really like the idea of josh jackson being kind of fun this year and uh we'll see also the pistons did finally officially wave zaire smith because reasons i still am not crazy about it but people are like mad like mad about it like oh my gosh like this is gonna come back to bite the pistons is it i don't think it's that serious Someone should give him a chance, 100%. But can anyone really be blamed for getting rid of him? And it's like, yeah, we needed a shooting guard. It would have been kind of nice to keep him. But if you're going to bring over Servetus, a guy that you drafted, which, by the way, I, I thought it was a meme. Apparently, he just prefers to go by Dave. So I was I was going to ask you about that, too. This would have been more of an off-the-pod thing. In the, the, the article that you wrote... Yeah, I wasn't kidding. You say, like... Yeah. Davidus, Dave, Servetus. I've seen that on Twitter too. Like seen him referred to as Dave. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was like a Pistons Twitter meme. I thought meme, it was a meme. Sense, Apparently it's not. Where we're just kind of, okay. All right, man. Whatever. I, I haven't take it. been able to get a definitive answer, but from what I know, he does go by Dave. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Pistons uh, over under, I think was 21 and a half on wins. Or maybe, maybe it was 23 and a half. I s- I no, I've, I've seen the number 21 throw, thrown around. For so all I, intents and purposes, we'll just say 21 and a half. Yeah. I, I feel, I don't know. I feel kind of good about that. I, I'd hammer Hitting the, the over? over there. Yeah. But, but I'm going to hammer the over, but I only in the like sense of like 23, 24 wins, not anything. You know. I was thinking like 25 to 30. Sure. Not, but I, I think 21 is easy for us to get the over on, especially assuming this team can be healthy year round because in theory, knock on wood. Blake and Derek are the only question marks on this team in terms of health. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think if no matter who you are, if your entire team is healthy for the entire year or for the most part, that's much better. Yeah. Like regardless of how good or bad your team is, like that's just always a good thing. Yeah, I think our over-under last year was 39 and a half and everybody was like, boo. Turns Double out, it over. Tur- turns out Vegas, they know a thing or two. Yeah. Um. I don't, it's going to be really interesting to see what Detroit does with Derrick Rose. If I had to guess, I I think he'll be here until the trade deadline. But that's and then if he if it goes to free agency, I don't think he's coming back, which sucks. But you know, yeah, I mean, there's a every scenario is on the table. That's I guess that's the only way to put it. Like you sure. can make a very strong argument for every scenario. It really just depends on how he performs this year. How do you feel about? Killian Hayes becoming public enemy number one for Rose stands because he is now for taking his job. Yeah. Even well, though it's very clear that Derek is like, I like the bench and Dwayne Casey's like, he's better <laughs> off the bench. And every conceivable metric is like, he's really good off the bench. I don't know what to tell you. I would think as like the former, and or formal leader of Derek Rose stands. I take it with, I mean, like, I don't know, OG, OG Derek Rose stands. Yeah, Matthew, you and Rose stands are not the same thing. You are a Derek Rose fan. You are not a Rose stand. They are vicious and the most vile people on the internet. I don't know how someone so universally liked can have the absolute worst and most insufferable fans on the planet. Well, to a degree, we we love a band that 
has that situation, but wild uh, thing to compare it to, but sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, I probably apples and oranges in terms of like style of people, but regardless, it's whatever to those people. Like this is a great thing for literally everybody. So relax. They want him to play 48, Matthew. I don't know what to tell you. I'd love that, but don't do that at all. Don't even tease it. I want to throw out there. Reggie Jackson went back to the Clippers. Good for him. Um, Agreed. Langston to the Suns. Love that for Ooh, him. Ooh, I didn't see that. Yeah, Good for him. Yeah, went to Phoenix. Really love that for him. Thon, Chris Paul's going to like him. Thon went to the Cavs. And even freaking Jordan Bone, man. I know we mentioned this, I think, last week. But even Jordan Bone got a contract with the Magic. So um, I think every Piston that left, well, Kyrie Thomas is still out there somewhere after getting waived by Atlanta. Um, Matthew, have you got anything else to say? Any other questions about the Pistons? Uh, Pistons, I got nothing. Last thing with the Lions, they play the Bears on Sunday, so it's a little bit of a revenge tour. Bevel's obviously first game as the interim head coach. Um, oh, we'll see. Crap, what? it's in Chicago, so I'm actually gonna have to watch that. It's in Chicago. Uh, my hope is that the defense, like. Without Patricia there now, Corey Underlin did say that the defense isn't going to look very different. You can't change your defense in three days, which, true. But my hope is that we, instead of doing like 70-30, 60-40 man to zone, hopefully we can flip that and do like 70% zone with some pressure sure. and keep that like consistent for the entire game. So we'll see. I mean, I my expectations are non-existent for the rest of the season. It's just going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Uh, Mitch, Matt Nagy did say that Mitch is starting against us. Don't think that means anything whatsoever. That means he's going to light us up. He is 4-0 against, I think that's the stat, 4-0 against Matt Patricia. He has not played Daryl Bevel as a head coach. We'll see what changes there. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Full transparency, Matthew. You might be on your own next week because I don't know if I'm going to watch them the rest of the way. I'm going to watch every game, but... I, we're we'll, probably we'll not see. gonna have any more deep dives. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I mean see. it could it could be interesting just because of the coaching situation. That's about sure. it. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, we, it was a bit of a long episode today. If you made it this far, genuinely from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very, very much for listening. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Shoo.